Educate for Life on AM 1170. The answer is sponsored by EducateForLife.org. This is Educate for Life with Kevin Conover on AM 1170, The Answer. Educate for Life, a look at current events from today's headlines and how they affect you. What you believe shapes your worldview and your ultimate destiny. Learn more now at educateforlife.com. Now in studio, here is your host, Kevin Conover. Bring your tide and bring your shame. Bring your guilt and bring your pain. Welcome Don't to Educate you know for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. And did you know that the year 2015 is the 400-year anniversary of Galileo's letter to the Grand Duchess Christina? Defending his position that the Earth is not the center of the solar system and that all the heavenly bodies do not revolve around the Earth. Now, a lot of skeptics have used this as evidence that the Bible and science are in conflict. But many people don't realize that nowhere in the Bible does it actually teach that the earth is the center of the, the solar system or the universe, and that Galileo was himself a dedicated believer in the truth of the Bible, who did not think that the Bible and science were in conflict. Pretty amazing. So, you know, considering it's the 400th anniversary of this letter of Galileo defending himself, um, I figured that tonight what we would talk about is science and the Bible, and just talk about does the Bible actually conflict with known science today, modern science? A lot of people will say, hey, you know, it was written thousands of years ago by people who didn't understand modern science. Therefore, there's a lot of conflict. But those on the other side of the issue say, well, no, the Bible was actually inspired by people, uh, inspired by God and written by people. And so therefore, it doesn't uh, conflict with science. The God of science and the God of the Bible are one and the same. Therefore, the Bible teaches accurately about science, even ahead of its time. It has scientific foresight in it. And so we're going to take a look at that tonight. By the way, if you want to look more into the uh, issue of Galileo and what happened there, Galileo was following up on the findings of Copernicus and was saying, hey, you know what? Uh, Heliocentrism, the idea that uh, the earth revolves around the sun and so forth, this is, this is true, uh, we, we can see it. It's evidenced by uh, our observations, and it does not conflict with what the Bible teaches. And uh, there's a lot of misunderstandings about what exactly happened there, what was going on with the Catholic Church, and uh, how they treated uh, Galileo, and, and what the real issue was. And if you go to my site, educateforlife.org, you can find out, there's a real in-depth article on that, and you can find out a lot about it. Uh, if you want to call in tonight, you can. It, the number is 888-344-1170. You can also stream this show live at am1170theanswer.com. Like I said, my website is educateforlife.org. I've got all kinds of great information on there on um, a biblical worldview, talking about issues from a biblical worldview, like the issues of abortion, homosexuality, separation of church and state, creation evolution, all those kinds of uh, issues. But I want to hop right into this here. We're going to talk about some of the things from the Bible uh, where it gets science right and often gets science ahead of, t ahead of its uh, time. So one of the, the, I'll start off with this one. It's a very interesting one. It's Job 26, 6 through 7. It says, he stretches out the north over the void and hangs the earth on nothing. Now, this is from, like I said, Job, uh, you can also see Job 42, 16, Job 26, 6 through 7. Uh, this was written, most scholars believe, around 2100 B.C. So we're talking around 4,000 years ago, where Job is already accurately uh, giving us uh, the idea that the earth is hung on nothing. Now, of course, he doesn't say anything about gravity or anything that, that hadn't um, there. But, but, and doesn't, this doesn't prove that Job was scientifically knowledgeable. What it, what, what it does prove is that the Bible uh, was not scientifically inaccurate in regards to this. You know... Uh, some Hindu beliefs actually teach that the earth is on the back of four elephants, which are standing on a giant turtle. And, uh, and all throughout time, we see different ideas about the earth and what's going on with it here. Uh, in Isaiah 40, 22, it says, it is he who sits above the circle of the earth and its inhabitants are like grasshoppers. So again, here we see Isaiah saying that there, it is the circle of the earth. In Psalm 103, it says that, as far as the east is from the west, so far does he remove our transgressions from us. Now, if the earth were uh, flat, right, 
there would be a, a finite distance east from west. But if the earth is a sphere, east and west never ends. And so this is really uh, biblically, you know, he separates our sins as far as the east is from the west. So that is infinitely apart from us. Um, so again, here we just see that the Bible doesn't teach that the earth is flat. It doesn't teach, uh, that, uh, the earth is on the back of four elephants or something like that. Now in Mesopotamian mythology, uh, they taught that the earth was a flat disc floating in the ocean surrounded by a spherical sky. Uh, in the Avesta and ancient Persian writings, they taught that the earth was a seven layered ziggurat or cosmic mountain in the Rig Veda, uh, India, uh, Hindu writing, uh, that it was a wheel bowl or four cornered plane. in Greek philosophy in the sixth century, they first began to speculate that the earth was spherical. And in the third century, they finally, um, this became generally accept, uh, accepted in Hellenistic astronomy. And then finally, uh, 1519 to 1521, Ferdinand Magellan, uh, circumnavigated the earth, demonstrating that the earth was a sphere practically. But that's thousands of years after this was already predicted to be the case in the 8th century BC by Isaiah. Uh, so we see here that the Bible gets it right way before modern science got it right. Here's another one. This one's very interesting. Jeremiah 33:22, As the host of heaven cannot be numbered and the sands of the sea cannot be measured, so I will multiply the offspring of David. Now, this was written between 630 and 580 BC. Now, he says the stars can't be numbered. Today, even today, we know that the, the universe is around 28 billion light years across, and we still can't number all the stars. Uh, and, and so here again, we see that the Bible is accurate. Now, of course, like I said, this doesn't prove that the Bible was written by, by God, but what it does do is it demonstrates that the Bible is not scientifically inaccurate, and it is a... Uh, it is. It gives credibility to the claim that the Bible is inspired by God. Here's another one that's very interesting. I find this one uh, one of the most interesting. Psalm 104.2 says that the Lord wraps himself in light as with a garment. He stretches out the heavens like a tent. In Isaiah 40.22, it says he stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent. In Job 9.8, again, he stretches out the heavens. And again, in Job 37.18, he spreads out the skies uh, hard as a mirror of cast bronze. Now, this is very interesting because, again, this, uh, Job was written 2100 B.C., thousands of years earlier. Now, if you, if you were to go to CNN Tech, they have an article written by Elizabeth Landau, and this was written April 8, 2014. It says, the universe is expanding, but how quickly? And then she goes on to talk about this says, you can't see it happening on Earth. This is the beginning sentence in the article, but space itself is stretching. Now, is that just a coincidence that around four times in the Bible, it's actually more than four times, it says that the universe is being stretched out. And here we have in CNN that science has discovered that the universe itself is stretching. And this wasn't ob observed until 1925 by Edwin Hubble. He made the observation that the universe was stretching out. And we're not talking about uh, the stars simply spreading apart from one another. We're talking about the the uh, what a lot of people refer to as dark matter actually being stretched itself. Everything is stretching. And here we have the Bible saying the exact same thing. Let's go on to the fifth one. That is the water cycle. Um, a lot of people, we take it for granted that, hey, you know, the water, the, the clouds, the water falls on the mountains or the snow does falls on the mountains, comes down through the streams underwater streams, goes back out into the ocean, and then we have evaporation, takes it up. But, you know, this wasn't always known. It wasn't actually till uh, relatively recently that this began, began to be known, uh, the hydro, what's called the hydrologic cycle. But in Job chapter 36, it says this, Behold, God is great, and we know him not. The number of his years is unsearchable. For he draws up the drops of water, they, dis they distill his mist and rain, which the skies pour down and drop on mankind abundantly. In Ecclesiastes 1.7, it says, All streams flow into the sea, yet the sea is never full. To the place the streams come from, there they return again. In Job 26.8, it says, He wraps up the water in his clouds, yet the clouds do not burst under their weight. Psalm 135, He makes clouds rise from the ends of the earth. He sends lightning with the rain and brings out the wind from his storehouses. So, um, in the first century B.C., 
they were able to describe a philosophical theory of the hydrologic cycle, but it was not until the 17th century that uh, the variables that are involved in the hydrologic cycle were actually, they were actually able to quantify those. So a very interesting, uh, Leonardo da Vinci, one of the people that reached that conclusion in the 17th century. Uh, and yet thousands of years earlier, the Bible already has an accurate depiction of that. Here's another one. Um, if you are, if you are into the ocean, oceanography or scuba diving or any of that kind of, uh, area of science, you might know that it was only about 30 years ago that scientists using the submersible Alvin were amazed to discover that there were undersea chimneys, which were shooting out hot water from under the crust of the earth. This was thousands of feet below the ocean surface. And that that was only around 30 years ago that they figured this out. But in Genesis chapter seven, it says, discussing the flood, it says the fountains of the great deep burst forth. This is 1500 BC. Moses is recording history prior to this, uh, says that there was water under the crust of the earth that came forth, um, causing part of what was causing the flooding of the earth in Noah's day. In Psalm 24, it says something very strange. If you didn't know better, you would think it was an error they made. It says the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas. It says he actually founded the earth on the seas, not that he founded the seas on the earth. This is in Psalm 24. Now, that's strange, right? It, for, for most of us, we would, we would think, hey, what in the world? But 30 years ago, they discovered there is tons of water under the crust of the earth. Pretty amazing things here. This is just a few of the things. We've covered now six items where the Bible is scientifically accurate and is not showing the errors we would expect if it was written by men who didn't know any better. Uh, pretty phenomenal. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll close out because this is a pretty dramatic uh, a discovery we're making here. We'll close out with uh, some music from Lord of the Rings here. I like Lord of the Rings. Okay, we'll be right back. We're going to start with number seven and give you more evidence that the Bible is inspired by God, demonstrated by its scientific accuracy. We'll be right back. What do leading local restaurants have in common? They depend on Express Fix Coffee for new and used coffee and espresso machines, repairs, and affordable monthly service. Dave Martin and his local team provide water filtration services too. Call San Diego's best espresso repair company, serving your home and business. Learn more online at expressfixcoffee.com. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-867-3853. 619-867-3853. Add historic American beauty to your home today with genuine Amish furniture. It's built in the USA from solid cherry wood with a bourbon finish. Or choose alternative woods and finishes to accent your home's decor. You'll find it all at Tucker's Valley Furniture. For over 65 years, the Tucker family has served San Diego County. Still family owned, Cash and Carry and Tucker's Valley Furniture. Two stores, both right across the street at Maine and Mollison in El Cajon. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. AM 1170, theanswer.com. Hear us anywhere in San Diego and the world. AM 1170, the answer. Thanks for listening today. This is Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're on AM 1170, The Answer in San Diego. You can also stream the show at am1170theanswer.com. My website is educateforlife.org. And you can listen to a recording of this show and all uh, my previous shows there. If you want to call in, uh, feel free to call in, ask a question, uh, and uh, or just dialogue, make a statement. The number to call in is 888-344-1170. And today we're talking about science and the Bible. And uh, this is the 400th anniversary of Galileo's letter he wrote defending himself 
regarding his view, his observations, his scientific observations that the earth was not the center of the universe. Now, the Catholic Church at the time um, espoused that view, uh, but there's a lot of misconceptions about the Catholic Church Church's position regarding that. They they liked Copernicus's ideas and uh, his the evidence he gave for uh, the fact that the earth did uh, did not all the celestial bodies bodies did not revolve around the earth and that the earth actually revolved around the sun. And so there's a lot of misconceptions there. I have an article on my website about that. Uh, you can check out if you like. But, you know, a lot of people think if you become a Christian, you become religious, you have to check your brain at the door and uh, you've got to take everything by faith. And all of a sudden you can't really listen to science or think about science because that would disprove what you believe. But in fact, as a biblical Christian, I have found that uh, that the Bible actually confirms science, that my worldview is actually more consistent, not less consistent as I examine science and I examine the Bible. Um, and I'm not the only one. All throughout history, there are many scientists who are the founders of their scientific disciplines who were also Bible-believing Christians. They took the Bible literally. They didn't take it as a giant metaphor uh, or some giant analogy. Uh, they took it literally in the places where it, was, it is written literally. Um, and I'll give you some examples of that. Uh, Joseph Lister, 1827 to 1912, he founded antiseptic surgery. He is a Bible-believing Christian. Louis Pasteur, bacteriology, 1822 to 1895, he was a Bible-believing Christian. Calculus, Isaac Newton, a very dedicated Bible-believing Christian. In fact, Isaac Newton wrote more on theology than he did on science. Incredible. Uh, Johann Kepler, celestial mechanics, chemistry, Robert Boyle, comparative anatomy, uh, uh, Georges uh, Cuvier. I'm not sure if I said that right. I apologize if I didn't. Uh, and on and on it goes. Um, <clears throat> uh, let's see. Electronics. John Ambrose Fleming. That's 1849 to 1945. Uh, electrodynamics. James Clerks Maxwell. Electromagnetics. Michael Faraday. Energetics. Lord Kelvin. And so what you have here is a, a ton of evidence that these guys came to good conclusions, came to uh, incredible facts and a knowledge about reality, about the way the world works and things works, and yet were dedicated Bible-believing Christians. So that's a, a mistake to think that you have to check your brains at the door simply because you're a Christian. In fact, I actually believe that you have to be, a, in order to be a true, dedicated believer in God, uh, in the sense that the Bible teaches, the Bible admonishes us to test everything. Don't just believe anything. It says test everything. Um, we need to believe what is true. Um, our faith is not a blind faith. It's a faith based on evidence. I'm going to give you another example of this. This is number seven uh, that we're covering here this evening. And there is a guy named Matthew Morey. You may or may not be familiar with him, but he was a very dedicated Christian. Uh, he was an American naval officer and oceanographer. Uh, he, he lived from 1806 to 1873. He joined the Navy in 1825. He was partially disabled in 19, I'm sorry, in 1839. And he was appointed superintendent of the U.S. Naval Observatory in Washington and the U.S. Depot of Charts and Instruments. What's very interesting is that he credits the Bible with his discovery of the paths of the seas. Now, this is in Psalm 8.8. It's a long uh, passage, but it ends up saying, The birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. Now, if I was just reading the Bible, I wouldn't really think much of that. I might just brush quickly over it. But when Matthew Maury saw this, he said, If the Bible says there's paths in the seas, then I bet you there's paths in the seas. And he then began to study this. He put messages in bottles sent them out into the ocean, and uh, they floated all around the place. People would pick them up. They had instructions on returning them. And he ended up writing the very first textbook on modern oceanography. And in that textbook, he actually very specifically credits the Bible with his discovery of the paths of the seas. And so what we see again here is that the Bible does not contradict science. It confirms science, and it often has science in it way ahead of its time. Let's go on to another example, and that's Leviticus 17.11. Uh, 
you know, for a long time, it was popular to bleed people if you thought that they were um, sick, right? You would bleed them. A lot of people actually think that George Washington died because uh, he was overly bled. And this was a very common thing to, to bleed people because a guy named Galen, AD 129, um, actually taught that your your body had these um, different kinds of what he called humors in them. And that if you didn't bleed a person, if you if, if the blood stagnated or the humors stagnated, then um, you could die. Now, this was silly and probably a lot of people did die from this practice, but it kept on for a very long time. Um, but Leviticus 17.11 says, For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I have given it for you on the altar to make atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that makes atonement by the life. And so what we see here is that the Bible... Uh, somewhat indirectly, is stating that oxygen is in the blood, right? The life is in the blood. You need that in order to survive. And that wasn't discovered um, until 1616 by William Harvey. So uh, we're, we're going to be right back here, and and we're going to be uh, talking more about these discoveries, uh, including... Uh, washing your hands, right? I hope you wash your hands out there. Uh, they say, I believe it to be the case, that washing your hands is one of the most important factors in, in preventing the spread of disease. And so you'll be surprised to know that the Bible talks about washing your hands. We're going to be right back. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. Wake up, America. Diets don't work. Two-thirds of us are overweight or obese, and most of us have dutifully dieted our way there. Research indicates the average woman spends 17 years of her life on a diet. Stop dieting. You can lose weight permanently. Thousands already have. Call now for a free DVD. Your body is a divine miracle. Activate the miracle and lose weight permanently with healing foods. Call the Smart Food Club at 888-787-8188. AM 1170, The Answer. For tuning in to Educate for Life, I'm your host, Kevin Conover. I, I just had to talk like that because this is very ominous music here. <laughs> um, we're trying uh, all kinds of movie themes here tonight, and uh, I'm loving it. Uh, makes me feel like, like, you know, what I'm talking about here is extremely important, which it is. So we're on AM 1170, The Answer in San Diego. You can also stream the show at am1170theanswer.com. And my website is educateforlife.org. And uh, you can listen to recordings of these shows. Uh, the previous shows have had all kinds of incredible guests on the show. Next week, we're going to be actually having Star Parker on the show. If you don't know who she is, she is a fantastic uh, woman who is who made a switch from Democrat to Republican. And we're going to be talking to, to her about why she made that switch. She's an African-American woman who is uh, a dedicated Bible-believing Christian. And uh, she'll be on the air next Sunday with us, 4 to 5 p.m., uh, very uh, very encouraging uh, woman and um, just a blessing to have her on the show next week. Today we're talking about science and the Bible and a very important subject. Um, if you are a Bible-believing Christian, uh, you want to know that science is on your side. Um, we do not have to abandon our minds simply because we believe in the Bible. Uh, in fact, science confirms the Bible. And I give a list of scientists of the past, and there's many more than that, by the way, who believed in the Bible, who founded uh, scientific disciplines. 
like Louis Pasteur, who, who, who discovered the law of biogenesis. Um, but there's also many present-day scientists. One of those is Dr. David Menton. He is a biologist and anatom- uh, anatomist and a researcher. He's a, mer- a member of the American Association of Ana- Anatomists. Uh, he won the Silver Award for Basic Research from the American Academy of Dermatology. Uh, he has a Distinguished Service Teaching Award from Washington University School of Medicine, uh, five years. Uh, he was named Teacher of the Year at Washington University School of Medicine. Uh, he was elected Professor of the Year in 1998 by the Washington University School of Medicine. And he's been profiled in American Men and Women of Science um, as one of the leading uh, scientists in physical, biological, and other sciences. He has an incredible testimony that you can view online. His name is Dr. David Menton. If you'd like to know why is this this very, very credentialed uh, scientist so committed to the truth of the Bible, he reads it literally, takes it literally, um, and that's because the Bible actually confirms science. I'm sorry, confirms science. In Leviticus 15, 13, it says, And when the one with the discharge is cleansed of his discharge, then he shall count for himself seven days for his cleansing and wash his clothes. And he shall bathe his body in fresh water and shall be clean. This is also listed in Numbers chapter 19. And this was written in 1500 BC. So we're talking 3500 years ago. The Bible was already talking about washing your hands. Interestingly enough, modern science didn't discover this till 1844 by a doctor. He was an assistant director at the Vienna Maternity Hospital named Semmelweis. And what he noticed was that a lot of the women in the hospital were dying uh, when they were giving birth. And so were the babies. One in six women were dying. And he noticed that what was happening was doctors were going from doing autopsies, which is working on dead people, figuring out why people died, to delivering babies without washing their hands or anything. So naturally, uh, that's kind of gross. You are going to have uh, spreading all kinds of bacteria and disease from these uh, corpses uh, to these women giving giving birth. And yet, if uh, people would respect the Bible and study it and see what it says, um, they would know that thousands of years earlier, the Bible was already saying, make sure you wash your hands in running water. Wash yourself in running water. That's in Leviticus 15 and Numbers chapter 19. Okay, let's go on to the next one. Um, you sh- I'm sure you've heard of the laws of thermodynamics. The Bible actually uh, talks about thermodynamics. It wasn't called it back then. But in Psalm chapter 102, um, the psalmist writes that the heavens are the work of God's hands. But he says something interesting here. He says that the heavens and the earth are going to perish. He says, but you were, you remain, they will all wear out like a garment, like clothing, you will change them and they will be discarded, but you remain the same and your years will never end. Now it's interesting. The psalmist could have wrote God, just like you are last forever, your creation will last forever. But he didn't write that. He wrote, everything is wearing out and it is perishing. Now there are four laws of thermodynamics. Many people think there's, think there are three, but there are four. One is called the Zareth law of thermodynamics. That's the one a lot of people miss. And then there's the first law. There's the second law. And there's the third law. I won't get into that too much. But just so you know, thermodynamics has to do with temperature or heat. That's why we call a thermos a thermos, right? We've got a thermometer, thermostat, or thermal goggles, right? All has to do with temperature and heat. And if you combine the first law and the second law, you get this definition. The total energy content of the universe is constant, right? You've, you've heard uh, matter, uh, matter and energy cannot be created or destroyed. The total energy content of the universe is constant, and the total entropy, that is, entropy is non-usable energy, typically heat, is constantly increasing. So what's happening is the universe, it's, is, there's a conversion happening from useful energy to non-useful energy, and that's called entropy. And essentially what's happening is the sun is slowly burning out. The earth is slowing down its spin. The moon is moving away. We're losing our magnetic field. Everything is breaking down is essential what, essentially if, if you combine the, the second and third law. Everything tends toward disorder. And modern science didn't discover that until the 1800s. 
very interesting. And yet thousands of years earlier, the Bible already is talking about the second law of thermodynamics. We'll, we'll cap that off right when we come back here. We're talking about science and the Bible. My name is Kevin Conover. You are on am1170theanswer.com, and uh, we will be right back. Gordon Tucker began serving San Diego County families. Today, the family tradition continues with two stores, Tucker's Valley Furniture and Cash and Carry, both right across the street in El Cajon at Maine and Mollison. Whether you want today's modern, eco-friendly furniture or authentic Amish furniture from solid cherry wood built in America, let the Tucker family serve your family. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. A proud sponsor of Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. If you've got questions, we've got answers. AM 1170, The Answer. Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. We're on AM 1170, The Answer in San Diego. You can also stream the show at am1170theanswer.com. My website is educateforlife.org. If you want to call in, you can at 888-344-1170, 888-344-1170. If you'd like to chat, ask a question, uh, whatever the case, I'd be happy to talk with you. And right now, we're tonight we're talking about science and the Bible and the fact that the Bible is scientifically accurate. It confirms science. You don't have to check your brain at the door when you become a Christian. And there are many scientists today who are Bible-believing Christians. And uh, one of them is Dr. Danny Faulkner. He is an astronomer and uh, earned graduate degrees in physics and astronomy. He taught at the University of South Carolina, Lancaster for over 26 years. And he's a member of the Creation Research Society. He's written more than 100 papers in various astronomy and astrophysics journals, and he's the author of the book Universe by Design. And, uh, you know, I, I just use him as an example, along with many of the scientists throughout history who uh, are committed to observing the evidence and are also committed to the Bible. And they don't find a conflict in that. And that should say something. You know, um, if if as I was reading the Bible, there were all kinds of conflicts with what I see around me with reality then I would have a, a difficult time believing that the Bible was not written by men and was written by or inspired by God. But when I see that the Bible matches science, that I don't have to live in conflict, I can read the Bible and I can believe science, math, uh, and and I can look at reality and it matches what the Bible says, then uh, that's that's a big confirmation for me that the Bible is not just a man-made book, but a book inspired by God. And when, I, when we left off in the, in the last segment, we were covering thermodynamics and the fact that the Bible says in Hebrews 1, 10, and 11, in the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. Now, the, the, the psalmist who originally wrote this, the, the, the author of Hebrews is quoting the psalmist. The, the psalmist could have wrote, hey, your creation is going to last forever, God, just like you. But he doesn't say that. He says that everything's wearing out which is exactly what we see in science today, that everything is wearing out and breaking down. Uh, we all get old, we all uh, get wrinkles, and we all eventually are going to face uh, the second law of thermodynamics and that ultimate end, uh, sadly, which is death. But we, we can have hope in Jesus Christ and that we don't have to ultimately suffer from the second law of thermodynamics. We, we, were, we can live eternally if we believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior 
and uh, we turn away from living our way and turn to living his way. And we believe that he died on the cross for our sins and uh, rose from the dead, conquering death and providing us a way to live eternally. And that's not just um, some wishful thinking or mythical claim. Uh, There is plenty of evidence to back that view up. Isaac Asimov, who is an atheist, uh, uh, quoted in the Smithsonian, uh, he said this, another way of stating the second law is the universe is constantly getting more disorderly. In fact, all we have to do is nothing, and everything deteriorates, collapses, breaks down, wears out, all by itself. And, and that is what the second law is all about. You know, if you look at people's writings who are contemporary to the Bible, uh, like, for example, the Egyptians, what about Egyptian science? Did they get it all right, And uh, like, like the authors in the Bible did, or do they have mistakes? Well, they have mistakes. There's a papyrus called the Embers Papyrus. It's a medical text from Egypt that was discovered. And in it, it says, To prevent the hair from turning gray, anoint it with the blood of a black calf, which has been boiled in oil, or with the fat of a rattlesnake. Now, uh, this just is not true. Uh, you know, Now, I haven't tried that. I mean, if, you, if you're really interested, uh, I suppose you could go out and, and uh, try that out. Uh, I don't know anybody who has tried it. But as far as I know... Um, the blood of a black calf being uh, smeared on your head does not keep your hair from turning gray, right? Uh, and then here's another one. In the Embers Papyrus, it, it talks about how to deal with your hair falling out. Now, I could go for that one because I'm balding and uh, lost a lot of my hair. But it says this. It says, when it falls out, one remedy is to apply a mixture of six fats, namely those of the horse, the hippopotamus, the crocodile, the cat, the snake, and the ibex. Now, uh, PETA is going to have a real problem with this text here. Uh, If this is really the solution to uh, preventing a person from going bald, um, we've got a lot of animals that are going to be dying here, right? There's there's a big market for not losing your hair. Uh, But the Embers Papyrus has all kinds of uh, crazy ideas about what will solve your problems. There's some other medicines include dust of a statue, shell of a beetle, head of the electric eel, guts of the goose, tail of a mouse, Fat of the hippopotamus, hair of a cat, eyes of a pig, toes of a dog. Boy, the the animals living back then had it rough. Um, And this is from S.E. Massengill. This is a sketch of medicine and pharmacy from the the Embers Papyrus. So we can see here that neighboring countries got a lot of things wrong, whereas the Hebrews got, um, as far as I, I can tell, everything right. In, uh, here's another one that's very interesting. In Leviticus chapter 13 through 14, it tells the Jews of the time in their civil law that if you saw somebody with a skin, t- skin disease, you needed to quarantine them. Now, people used to think that leprosy was caused by what you ate, the alignment of the planets, they thought maybe, or they thought it was heredity. But in 1873, a guy named Dr. Hansen identified the bacterium which causes leprosy, and he proved it was an infectious disease. And so... That's why it's also called Hansen's disease. And three years later, the Norwegian Leprosy Act was passed, and that law ordered lepers to live in precautionary isolation away from their families. In 1856, there were 2,858 lepers living in Norway. By the turn of the century, there was only 577 lepers left, and that number ultimately dropped to 69 lepers. By 1930, the spectacular, spectacular discoveries of science allowed Norway to control this disease. But what's amazing is that the precautions had been written down by Moses 3,500 years earlier. And so again, we see here that the Bible is scientifically accurate. Now, the next one uh, that I'm going to talk about, you may or may not like, and we're going to be talking about your diet, what you should or should not be eating. And uh, amazingly, the Bible actually talks about this too. And if we followed the Bible's admonition, we would probably be, in a lot of ways, a lot better off regarding our health. We'll be right back. We'll talk about that.
Wake up, America. Two-thirds of us are overweight or obese, and it's not your fault. End the guilt, frustration, and pain. Stop dieting, starving, and depriving yourself. Free yourself from the bondage of feeling trapped in your body. Forgive yourself. Achieve permanent weight loss with healing foods. You can love food again. You can lose weight permanently. Thousands already have. Call now for a free DVD, Your Body is a Divine Miracle. Learn how to activate the miracle. Call the Smart Food Club at 888-787-8188. Do you have one-button espresso machines in your home or business? They make delicious coffee drinks, but they're not maintenance-free. Express Fix Coffee is San Diego's source for coffee and espresso machine repair, sales, and service. Call Dave Martin at Express Fix Coffee for new and used espresso machines, repairs, parts, and accessories. They'll save you time and money. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-867-3853. Learn more at ExpressFixCoffee.com. AM 1170, The Answer, and AM 1170, Welcome to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. I hope that music there is inspiring to you. Lord of the Rings again. We've got a movie theme going on here tonight. Um, we're on AM 1170 The Answer in San Diego. You can stream the show at am1170theanswer.com. You can also call in if you like, if you'd like to ask a question, if you're interested in, hey, why do you believe in the Bible, or what about this, or what about that? Uh, my number at the station here is 888-344-1170. You can also take classes on the stuff I talk about on the radio. I have online classes at educateforlife.org. All kinds of uh, fantastic classes. How do we know uh, who wrote the Bible? What about the Bibles that the books that were kept out of the Bible? Didn't Constantine uh, determine what books were in the Bible? That's not true, by the way. Uh, popular myth going around the internet, and all kinds of other information to help you trust God more, trust the Bible more, uh, love people more. Uh, that's what my goal is here: is to help you see that the Bible is worth trusting. And what we're talking about is science in the Bible here this evening. And uh, by the way, this this whole show is recorded, and you can hear it tomorrow on my website also. Another modern scientist who is a Bible-believing Christian um, and, and loves the Bible, uh, reads it literally, literally, where it's meant to be read literally. And what I mean by that is there are certain portions of the Bible that are re- meant to be read as poetry, like the Psalms and Proverbs, and there's other portions that are meant to be read as History, narrative history. And so you read the Bible the way the author intended it to be read. Um, if he's writing history, then you read it as history. If he's writing poetry, you, you read it as poetry. Uh, Dr. Gary Parker, is a, uh, he was an evolutionist atheist who said, you know what? The Bible is scientifically accurate. Uh, he uh, is a part of the American Society of Zoologists. He is a National Science Found- he, he got the National Science Foundation Fellowship Award. He has an EDD in biology and geology from Ball State University, an MS from biology, physiology, and a BA from bio, in biology chemistry, also from Ball State University. And uh, his testimony is incredible. Just type in Dr. Gary Parker into Google and uh, look up his testimony. It'll be really encouraging you to see here a very dedicated scientist finds no conflict between his belief in the Bible and his trust in science. And so... Um, I want to pick up where we left off. I, I, was, I said I was going to talk about diet. You, you may not know this, but um, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention says that heart disease is the number one or two killer of Americans in the U.S., right? Well, that's the only place Americans are, right? No, I guess there are Americans in other places. But anyway, regardless, about 600,000 people die of heart disease in the United States every year. That's one in every four deaths. Heart disease is the leading cause of death for both men and women. Coronary heart disease is the most common type of heart disease, killing nearly 380,000 people annually. Every year, about 720,000 Americans have a heart attack. And, and coronary heart disease alone costs the U.S. $108.9 billion each year. This is according to the Centers for Disease Control. Now, here's what's crazy, is that Leviticus chapter 7 says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying... Speak to the sons of Israel, saying, You shall not eat any fat from an ox, a sheep, or a goat. 
in multiple places in the Old Testament, it says, do not eat fat. And what we see here again is that uh, this makes perfect sense, right? God cares about you, uh, all the details of your life, your your health, what you eat, uh, how you treat your body, because um, he loves you and he wants you to, he, he wants to see you do well. Now, modern science didn't figure out the connection between eating fat and heart disease till much later. Uh, in, in the 1950s, American scientist Ansel Keys discovered in his travels that heart disease was rare in some Mediterranean populations where people consumed a lower fat diet. He also noted that the Japanese had low fat diets and low rates of heart disease as well. And that he then theorized that fat was the cause of heart disease. And that was confirmed in the 1960s and 70s. And, uh, and so here again, we see that science confirms the Bible's teaching that you shouldn't eat fat. And uh, we, we can go on and on about this. There's all kinds of evidence that the Bible is scientifically accurate. You don't have to abandon your mind when you believe in the Bible. In Leviticus 18, it says that you should not marry a close relative. No incest. Well, today we know that, that incest is illegal. You're, you shouldn't marry a close relative because you're more likely to have uh, genetic uh, deformities if you're marrying somebody who is a close relative. You're more likely to both have that deformity on the same chromosome. But yet, there it is in the Bible, uh, thousands of years earlier. The Bible also uh, comments on many other things that cause social problems. For example, its admonition against adultery is, uh, you know, as far as social problems are concerned in the U.S., if we could uh, lower the rates of divorce, we lower the rates of social problems. Teen pregnancy goes down when divorce rates go down. Um Teen dropout rates from high school go down when divorce goes down. And so this is all admonitions in the Bible we see teaching us how to behave uh, in what we eat, how we engage with one another socially, um, you know, the way even we think uh, the Bible talks about and helps us to live lives that are better off. Jesus Christ says in John 10, 10, he says, I've come that they might have life and have it to the full. And so, uh, you know, when God gives advice in the Bible about how to live, it's not a you have to, it's a you get to, right? I'm here to help you live a good life. You know, a lot of people, that they think, well, God is just trying to keep me from having fun. You know, and, and a lot of kids I know, I'm a, I teach high school, uh, and a lot of kids, they want to, they as soon as they get out, out from under the hands of their parents, right, they, they want to just go do whatever they want to do. They get to college and, hey, it's a free-for-all. And, you know, there's a lot of promiscuity on on college campuses. Uh, well, what a lot of kids don't realize is that college campuses are uh, a breeding ground for sexually transmitted diseases. In fact, the Centers for Disease Control has said it's a national emergency now because one in four college students has an STD or has human papillomavirus, a very dangerous uh, STD. And so God is for you. He is not against you. He wants to see you blessed. Okay, um, I want to end on on this one here. Uh, you know, Einstein said that the universe, this was prior to 1916, he believed that the universe had no beginning, that it was eternal. Now, this is in contrary to the Bible, which says in Genesis 1-1, in the beginning, right? So we got Einstein, the smartest scientist in the world, contradicting what the Bible says. So who's right, the Bible or Einstein? Well, today we know, because of science, that the universe actually had a beginning. A guy named Lemaitre postulated that there was a beginning to the universe in 1925. Edwin Hubble confirmed it in 1929. It was further confirmed by George Gamow in 1946. And in 1965, Arno Penzias and Robert Wilson also confirmed that the universe had a beginning. This is incredible here. And, you know, sometimes we struggle and we, we want to place man's ideas over the Bible's ideas, but the Bible is consistently right. Its track record is incredible. The Bible beat out Einstein by 3,500 years. Genesis 1-1, in the beginning. Psalm 102, in the beginning. You laid the foundations of the earth. And so, I want to encourage you. My goal is that you would, uh, through this radio show, maybe through the classes I teach, um, through the articles on the site, that you would gain a, a greater trust in the Bible and that you could take Jesus' words to heart when he says, uh, whoever listens to my words is like a man who built his house on the rock. When the rains came and the, and the storms came, that house stood firm. His, his life didn't fall apart when, that, when the rains came and the storms came. 
Um, Jesus says, don't be like the guy who's, who built his house on the sand, the shifting sands of man's opinions, of, of what man thinks he knows, um, which is faulty again and again and again. Um, you know, there's even a site now, there's a site now called uh, Retraction Watch. And this is not a, a religious site. It's not a Christian site where they, they track scientists who have fraudulently manipulated data. Now, I'm all for science, but I'm sure not for humans who call themselves scientists who then fraudulently uh, put material out there. In survey data collected from 1986 to 2005, scientists reported that 14% of their colleagues falsify or manipulate data. And 72% perceive their fellow scientists as guilty of other questionable research practices. Uh, So we got to be careful. You know, um, a lot of people put science and scientists up on a pedestal as if, you know, they're the high priests of today. Um, But they're fallible just like any person is. And my challenge to you is to look into the claims of the Bible because it's consistently accurate over and over and over again. Uh, Like I said, we're going to pick up next week with Star Parker. I hope this program today was a blessing to you. I hope it encouraged you. Uh, You can listen to a recording of this show tomorrow on my website, educateforlife.org. And uh, we'll be talking to Star Parker next week about her decision to change from a Democrat to a Republican. So thanks for being with me this evening. I look forward to being with you next week, Sunday, 4 to 5 p.m., am1170theanswer.com. We're we're streamed all over the world, and that's 4 to 5 p.m. next Sunday. God bless you. Have a fantastic evening. Educate for Life with Kevin Conover, a regular feature on AM 1170, The Answer. Learn more about Kevin and his work online at his website, educateforlife.com. That's educateforlife.com. You'll find great resources, ideas, and even video classes there to help you grow and understand what in the world is happening. Encourage your friends to listen for great guests and intelligent analysis of the stories that shape our lives. Educate for Life with Kevin Conover, exclusively on AM 1170. The answer. Bring your tired and bring your shame. Bring your guilt and bring your pain. Don't you know that's not your name? You will always be much more. Educate for Life on AM 1170. The answer is sponsored by educateforlife.org.